Hello and welcome back to the Sealed Podcast. I am Shiloh Seal. And I am Tyler Seal. That was really weird. We did it backwards. <laughs> um, well, we're continuing in our Born Again Bible Study series. And we just want to go back into Ephesians 1.5 for a little bit more because there's there's more to be said. And... Well, we'll just let it be what it's going to be. Lord, right now, we just ask that you would come upon this place. Lord, that you would come upon the ears of those who hear. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would have reign in this moment. Yes. Lord, begin to fill the people right now. Fill us up. Use us however you would. And let this be your teaching, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time. We appreciate it and we treasure it. Lord, right now we humble ourselves. We ask forgiveness for anything we've put before you. Lord, Lord, we just want more of you Mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ephesians 1.5 says, He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Yeah, I really wanted to um, touch on that as we were reading through this section because I felt like um, there's so many, well, part of my own testimony, but I think that there's a lot of other people that have um, struggled with um, needing to root in that adoption, needing to know that and have that um, spoken about them by God. Um, I grew up without my real father, never met him. And uh, so I know that when I did come to Christ, that father God, like I had, I had a lot that I had to work out there with father God, right? Because I didn't have earthly father in that sense that, um, you know, was present. But, um, but as he's healed me and grown me and rooted me in this adoption there's like this um almost just like i could never be anything but his daughter like he's my daddy like he's you know i'm just a daddy's girl and i can feel it i feel like and i'll be the first to tell you and i know this isn't scriptural but like i'm his favorite like i'm just straight up to tell you guys i'm his favorite right and hopefully everyone who listens to this feels that from their daddy god right abba father that you feel like his attention is just always like he is just i think of david in the psalms he said um who are you god that you think upon me that you think upon man is what he said and like because his attention is so on us he's he's intimate he's personal and um and so i know that there's this need in a lot of people in some people maybe a lot and especially in our generation where you have so many broken we're coming off of just broken families so many broken families and so many people are searching for that um that that father figure and god is is more than any earthly father could have ever been and he says we are adopted and that's important i mean if you look at the 
FBI Crime Bureau statistics, what I've noticed is like the most common denominator, the thing that would do the most to heal some of the traumas and the problems we're dealing with in society across all the cultures is the fatherlessness is this common denominator. There is entire prisons where without exception, everyone was raised in a home without a father. It's heartbreaking. That's not a coincidence. No, it's not. That's, that's a root. Yeah. That is a root problem. And how much more the fatherlessness of your spirit mm-hmm. is doing damage in this world, in your culture, in your community. You know, it's not just about having a mother and a father in a home. It's having them present in your life that is very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of the things that we can work on as Christians and as the family of God for the whole world. You know, we can press this issue of the need for mothers and fathers. But you can't get to that if you're still a spiritual orphan yourself. And I don't want to spend the entire podcast talking about orphans and literal orphans and spiritual orphans and the causes of it, but we do have to touch on it. We have to, we have to become aware that church hurt is one of the ways that people become spiritual widows and orphans. Yeah. And I do want to read this out of James one twenty seven. James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So, pretty simple recipe, sounds like, but it's hard to do. There's two ingredients, caring after the orphans and the widows and walking in holiness. And those two things If you're doing them, religion is not a dirty word. And there's this new thing in Christianity where we like to say it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Okay, the root of religion is relationship. Mm -hmm. A relationship with God is the definition of religion. Religion's not the dirty word you think it is. It's just a beat up and abused word. And I get it. You know, a relationship is a personal thing. And religion seems like this massive two billion Christian wide word, but pure and undefiled religion takes you caring after orphans and widows. And it takes you walking in holiness. And that is your part in pure and undefiled religion. And you can have a religion that is good. We just don't see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that the Lord's revealed to me about that verse, James 1, 27, is while it's talking about physical orphans and widows, and that is something you have to acknowledge, there are people in this world who have no mother and father, and caring for them is the work that God gave us as Christians. He didn't give it to your government. He gave it to you, your church. Amen. There's also a spiritual aspect of it. There are people who have become spiritual orphans because they were never raised to understand Christ. Their mother, their father, they had no spiritual elders that would teach them 
about yeah. Jesus and his love, about God and his sacrifice, about the Holy Spirit and his commitment to your good. And so you've got all these orphans, and some of them are Christians. And there's also a demonic orphan spirit, a demon that will come upon you and come in your life and whisper in your ear that nobody is there to care for you, that you are all alone, or that it's just you and him. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be combated with deliverance. That is something that a Christian community can heal you of. But we have to recognize it and start honoring each other. And I'll just say this. There's spiritual widows, too. Mm -hmm. There are women in all of our churches who have no husband that is an effective presence for the Lord or isn't a Christian at all. Right. And it's a whole other topic for you young ladies who are thinking of marriage. I'll just say this. If you're a Christian, you marry a Christian, or you're asking to be a spiritual widow. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole bunch of other people who are already in that situation, and that's more what I want to touch on. If you're basically the spiritual head of your household, you're the one who talks about Christ or prays with the children or takes them to church because your husband isn't a Christian or he's not a functional Christian, you know, a Christian in name only doesn't carry much weight in the spirit mm-hmm. it doesn't help much in a, a desperate need for prayer mm-hmm. so there's like this spiritual widowhood that we're dealing with in our churches and it's really hard to address because as a pastor i always seek to honor that house and honor that father and i know how important it is to make sure you're building marriages up not tearing them down i would never advocate divorce because your husband is not a christian mm-hmm. that's not the bible's way But I will say, one of the works of the church is to be spiritual help in those seasons, in those places. If you're dealing with people in your church that feel like they're a spiritual orphan or a spiritual widow, well, pure and undefiled religion is this. You are to care for those orphans and widows. And that's discipleship. That's getting involved. That's not just saying, bless your heart and uh, throwing out a prayer on Sunday, that is calling them up on Monday, stopping by, helping make dinner, you know, taking their kids to the ballpark, whatever it is that God calls you to do, he'll be very specific. Mm -hmm. But you have to give your yes. You have to be obedient. And that, and there's not a lot of people who are going to tell you this, that is deliverance. You are going to break off curses and you are going to break off this agreement that they've come into with the demonic that says you'll always be alone or you'll always be the one who has to carry this weight well it is our job to break that off and make sure they know we will carry this weight with you we will walk this walk with you we will help you lead and guide your children in the paths that they should go so one thing about that is when you actually walk that out what you're Um, What you're proving is that the devil is a liar and that you love this person. And the part of part of the thing that, you know, a lot of people don't know about the orphan spirit is that it's literally like this voice in you that says you aren't unlovable. You can't be loved. Nobody will ever care for you or love you. And um, 
And that is not and, your real identity. And that is just, that is a lie. That is not who you are. That is not who Christ says you are. But, but it's, it sounds so real when it's in your head like that. Right. And it's what you've experienced in the world. But that's why the, the verse you just read is so important because it says we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be the ones who break that off of people in that we prove that actions. they are cared for, that they are loved. And you do that by the daily things. It's not mm-hmm. just words. And words can heal people. I've I've watched um, a hug and a I love you literally heal and deliver someone. Oh, yeah. Deliver them, like, right in my arms. Just, like, mm-hmm. breaking and unknowing, like, oh my gosh, it's off of me, you know? But and that lie from the devil will never have quite the grip it had. It's not some perfect work and it's not some momentary work, but if you make it your task to spot the spiritual or, or just basically physical orphans and widows around you and you invest a little more in them, mm-hmm. it's harder for the devil to speak lies into their life. Yeah. Because even when he says you're unloved and you're all alone, they've got this, yeah, but what about that? What about that guy or that couple that keeps coming over and, just sharing a meal and telling me they love me on their way out the door every time. Like he he has a real hard time combating solid Christians Mm -hmm. and it's not some amazing expensive work and it's not you being weird. It's just you being authentic and answering this call because the core, the truth of all this is that you and them share a common identity of being adopted. Yes. It doesn't matter, Jew or Gentile. I don't care who yeah, you are on this planet. Right. Come on. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you've also accepted the adoption of the Father. Yeah. And now you are joined and joint heirs with Christ. That means your Christ is your Lord and he's also your he's your big brother. Yeah. You are his family. And so are they. And they need to know that. And sometimes it starts with somebody actually saying the words. Right. You're not alone. Right. You are adopted. And I think of the the prodigal son, you know, and how in that story, all he wanted in his most desperate moment in the pigsty was just to return to the father's house. And he figured the best he could do was come back as a servant, mm-hmm. you know, come back as his slave because the let slaves me, are eating better than me. Yeah, let me just serve you. But that's not the heart of God. And that certainly wasn't the heart of the prodigal son's father. He ran to him and he embraced him. And yeah, you squandered your entire inheritance. And yeah, you disappointed. But you're still my son. You are a beloved son. And we're going to throw a party. Mm -hmm. And I can't give you much because you took all that was yours. But I can give you my robe. And I can clothe you in that. We'll give you the, what was it, a fatted cow? Yep. And they celebrated with a feast. Because... He was welcomed right back in and we are adopted. That is who your identity is. Your, yeah. your identity is not an orphan or a widow. Yeah. And he says, he says in John 14, um, Jesus read letters. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And that's Amen. such a good, you know, and that's Jesus recognizing that that orphan spirit, that yeah. orphan mentality, that's a real thing. And it's not just demonic. Oftentimes it's something your own flesh teaches you and your own experiences teach you some of you have been orphans literally 
Some of you feel that orphan mentality still on you, even after adoption. But Jesus himself recognized that you have been orphans. But he so, says, I will not leave you as an orphan. Yeah. And he's, and so in this particular section of scripture, he's referring to, he's going to send the helper, right? And he says, I will pray and the father, I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And, and I feel like right there in, he will abide with you forever. That is something that like literally the orphan in me at my conversion and throughout a considerable amount of my walk, I had an orphan spirit upon me and there was something in me. I could not trust that, that he could abide with me forever. I, there was like this doubt, this block, this like, yeah, but, but it, at some point he'll leave me because that's what, because again, I was raised without a father and, and just my own traumas, I won't get completely into, but, um, it was like, he has to leave because that's what they all do. That's what, right. And, um, but he said, Jesus said, no, I will say, I will pray my father and he will send you another that he'll abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Hallelujah. It's such a good word. It's such a healing word. I pray if there's anybody that's listening to this, that's, that's hearing what we're talking about. You're like, oh my gosh, like I kind of feel like I might, I might actually know what they're talking about. Like I might be experienced. I've been experiencing what they're dis describing. I pray that you would go to the word and that you would read this section of John um, 14 and that you would let this word wash over you and be delivered of that orphan spirit right now. Um, I thank you that off in um, Jesus name that your word God washes us clean and that that your word heals and delivers and that you still have the power to heal and deliver today in Jesus name. Um Amen. we we wanted to also uh talk about this scripture over here in Isaiah 61. Did you want to oh, yeah. did you want me to read that one? So, sure. Okay. This is a a scripture that oftentimes comes to my mind when I'm in the middle of ministering to somebody who's who's dealing with these, and you can you can spot it easy. This isn't one of those real crafty afflictions. I mean, it pours out of people that orphan mentality. It's easy to spot. It's it's constantly wounds building upon each other to make this wall. That people can hide behind and isaiah 61 just comes to my mind because it's one of these things where you see the the handiwork of god like what he revels in doing is changing that part of your identity into what he's always made it to be there's he wants to take those ashes the that pain. And, and in the Old Testament, ashes were something you put on in times of mourning, in times of despair. You would actually wear ashes on your forehead. Mm -hmm. And and he wants to take those ashes from you. Is that like Lent? Yeah, that was okay, a that was a that was a specific Lent. holiday where they would do that to remember harsh times. Mm -hmm. And 
And it was also a funeral thing that we would do. So do you want to read yeah. Isaiah 61, maybe verses 3 and 4? Okay. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Amen. It's a healing right there. So, and there's this part in there where it's talking about people have clothed themselves in this despair. They've mm. clothed themselves okay. in it. They've wrapped themselves in mm. a big, thick coat. Yep. And that's what they're using to shield themselves from the world, to wrap themselves in. They're dressed in it. This is literally how they present themselves to the world. And he wants to take that from you. He wants to take that from you and give you a robe of righteousness. He wants you to understand yeah. that he has, he's a better tailor and he's made better clothes for you. And it's a beautiful picture of how, like, you don't let a stranger come up and dress you, you know, you let somebody, you know, come up and dress you at best, but it's something you feel like it's, it's a work that only you can do. I'm here to tell you like that, that verse, it's not just a verse that actually ministers to people, but when you couple it with verse four, you see why. It's because there's work for those people too. Those people that are living as if they were never adopted. They're not able to answer the call to rebuild the ruins. They're not able to answer the call upon their life to do the good works that God has for them. And so it's this ability, like if you think of the body of Christ, as a body. Well, when there's a wound on your leg, what do you do? You rub salve on it and you bandage it with your hands. Another part of the body has to care for that part of the body to bring it into fullness mm -hmm. so that it can help the whole body function. Because eventually, the leg's going to fester and rot and those hands aren't going anywhere either. Mm -hmm. So be the hands of feet, be the hands and feet of Christ. Be fully functional members of the body and start to discern and recognize when there's a wound and get about the work of healing that wound yeah. so that the whole body can function better. This is something he's called us to. Yeah. It says, and they shall rise up. Um, yeah. They shall rise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities. So these are the healed yeah. after, after, um, verse three, where that healing comes, then they, they needed the healing, right? They received the healing and then they go forward and they heal. And that's what we were supposed, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so much of what we have is we have partial healings. And there wasn't once I've, I've went through the new Testament over and over. And I can't see one place where Jesus left somebody halfway healed. He never did that. He never left them halfway healed. He came and he healed them all the way. Yeah. Spiritually and physically. And when that healing was received, 
there was rejoicing and that person immediately begins to testify and spread the good news and also build this kingdom. And so say, say you've accepted this now, not just that your identity has always been rooted in adoption, not, not anything else, but as a Christian, you are adopted. You are a joint heir with Jesus. So what do you do? And, and maybe you've even put in the work of helping others realize that they are adopted. Romans 15, 17, or no, Romans 15, 7, sorry, says, therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. Mm. This too is a critical part of your identity. You're a greeter. Yeah, come on. <laughs> You're to be welcoming other people into your church. You're to be welcoming other Christians into fellowship and communion. You're to be teaching them the things that God has taught you and allowing them to, to sharpen you. Iron sharpens iron is only something that happens when those two things collide. Those two things actually rub up against each other. You're to welcome others in just as Christ welcomed you in. Yeah, and that doesn't mean... Just the ones that look like you or act like you or like the same kinds of things as you or just the ones that you have stuff in common with that. That is all encompassing. Yeah. And, and that's the, the preceding verse is all about harmony and living a, together in Christ's way. And that's what it is. It's not it's not just. Well, get yourself in a body of believers who dresses and thinks and loves the same music you love. It's. It's find ways to harmonize with other Christians. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that God will place you where you need to be. It's not, he'll just, you know, surf around church to church, town to town until you find the place that works for you. You're probably not going to grow as much. Like mm -hmm. your flesh will get involved in that process yeah. at some point and it'll take an easy road. You don't have to love or like everything about your church to recognize it's a place where you can grow and recognize where it's a place that you can serve and help others grow. And so you welcome everybody in as they go deeper with Christ, you go deeper with them and you begin to build bonds in a community that maybe does make you a little uncomfortable because that's what it looks like when you're in a family full mm -hmm. of adopted kids, you know, it, <laughs> Everybody's got their own unique personalities and everybody's got their own unique giftings and, and sometimes things get a little wild, but that's a good thing in the Christian kingdom because you don't know what it's going to take to reach the people you meet on the streets yeah. until you're in them streets. And maybe it's having that wild sister who's a little boisterous and says the wrong thing sometimes. Well, maybe that doesn't fit great in your church, but I guarantee you it's going to fit just right out there on the sidewalk when you're ministering to the homeless, when you're trying to reach people that maybe you just don't have the words for. And then you start to recognize, like you will find more grace for all of those odd folks in your church if you get about the work of ministering the gospel to, to the communities. Yeah, that's so true. You'll see how you all fit together then. That's so true. And how much you need one another. How much you just need one another. God has has sprinkled the right amount of 
of um, uh, gifts into each one of us, and I can't do it on my own. I can't. I I have a call on my life, and I have, um, you know, in each moment, God will let me know what He intends for me to do here. What okay, if I need to say something or do something or what it is. But when we, you know, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. Yeah. So having, you know, a, um, being a part of the body and then intentionally ministering, that's, that's where you're going to see that shift in atmospheres when you go into places like you talked about in the last episode um, with the evangelists going. That it was the network of prayers that are saturated into that too. And the preparation of people's hearts that happens in that prayer room that, you know, that it begins to change atmospheres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not a, a lone ranger Mm-mm. lifestyle, you know, to be a Christian, you need to, to enter into the family of God yeah, in, in ever present ways. You need to be in a, a local body of believers and you need to be ministering to a local community. And there's plenty of other great things that we do. We, we reach out and we do mission work and we fund missions all around the world. But I've noticed those are less tangible. You don't feel those day to day, but you walk through your community. You see, you drive mm-hmm. past your community and you can recognize if you, if, before you get in your car to go to church, whatever path you take to church, if you're prayed up and you're, you're saying, Lord, reveal how we can reach our community don't blind yourself to the things you see along the way because he may be trying to show you that yeah so lord we just thank you for this time we ask that you continue to bless us and we will see you all next